Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today I have Renee Jacobs. Renee Jacobs was my favorite cartoon version of April O'Neil. Um, you've had various voice casting as well. So I guess we're going to start at how we always start it. How are you today, Renee? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm crazy world we're living in. But yeah, it, it really is doing fine. Back to normal. So um, yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, the reason I'm doing all of these podcasts is you guys and by you guys, I mean, like people like you, Rob Paulson, you know, um, Maurice, anybody that I could possibly think of that I heard on a cartoon TV show t- movie way back when or even now, this is my chance and saying like, thank you for what you guys did for me. Um, it was many years and it's been passed down to my son now that he's watching these cartoons that I watched growing up. And it's always nice uh, finally seeing a face with the voice. But even though your face is different than the cartoon that I saw and heard you from 20 plus <laughs> years ago, you know, so it's always nice. And I thank you for doing this. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking. Ah, no problem. So we'll kick it off how we always do. How did you find out about the turtles? Not just so much the TV show, but how did you find out about the turtles? Well, I really found out about it um, for the audition. I didn't have any knowledge beforehand about it. I had done a lot of voices for little creatures and uh, characters. And uh, my agent called and said, they're having a casting call, go down to the recording studio. It's something called, something called, uh, something with turtles. Yeah. Okay, turtles, you know, I can do a turtle. Yeah. Um, And we get down there and of course it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which nobody could say for the longest time. And um, it was just a casting call, like, you know, so many, calls that we all went on there was um you know a room before you went into the booth and everybody who was auditioning was sitting there we got a sketch of the character just a black and white sketch um some lines and um a description of who the character was um and needless to say i wasn't auditioning for a turtle. So um, yeah, so went in and I knew the director, Stu Rosen. And, uh, you know, we worked on it a bit and did a couple of takes and out the door I went. And that was the end of what I knew about Ninja Turtles until I got the call that I had landed the role. Now, when, when you go into a casting or when you go in to try out for a voice and audition, is it usually the standard affair where they'll show you a picture and they'll say, hey, this is what it looks like or this is what we're going for as far as a voice? Or is that 100% on you guys to come up with the voice from your head when you see a picture? So they always give a, um, a little narrative of uh, whatever it is you're auditioning for. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, April O'Neil was a TV news reporter. Um, it didn't give a lot of her backstory Um, I had a line drawing of her. Um, She wasn't in color, so I didn't know she had red hair. I didn't know it was a yellow jumpsuit. Um, (laughs) She had a camcorder in one hand, and uh, what I learned was a turtle comm in the other with um, a very confident uh, look in her her. and um, there were some wonderful um, newscasters female newscasters that had um, you know that we were all watching on our local television stations and uh, modeled her I kind of actually modeled her after me Mm -hmm. and um, uh, the professionalism of a at that time of a journalist I don't know if that exists anymore but I mean, I mean, if it bleeds, it leads, it seems with new. That's 
yeah. it, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I'd much rather something come out two hours later than an event happening and all of the facts just hit by Hey man, we saw this happen. And then you find out that they were looking through rose colored glasses and they saw what they wanted to see. And then you start getting this, this uh, leading down a road. Nobody really wants to go to. And right. Right. April would never have done that. She would have reported the news exactly. and she would have gotten it right. Exactly. I mean, I wish there were more April O'Neils in the news world, in the journalistic world. Um, hopefully with as much uh, as it is, as hard as it is to get away with lies these days, hopefully, you know, that integrity starts to come back. Who knows if it will? Uh, I hope it does. I mean, I know I, I don't know. News, so. You know, they talk about a pendulum. And this one's already at 12. So hopefully it'll come back down to six and just move, you know, between, you know, at the bottom there. So we'll see. We'll did see you, what happens. Did you have kids when you started doing the turtles? Uh, oh, that's a, that's a great question. So that's, a, and there's a good story. So um, Ninja Turtles, um, you know, started as a five-part miniseries. It was to sell toys. Um, and it was um, Playmates Toys had created these Ninja Turtles. And we did not expect uh, anything after that. So they ran the five-part miniseries around Christmas time. And we didn't hear anything. I was pregnant. Um, and on April uh, 7th, 1988, I had my daughter. And my agent called to congratulate me on the birth of our my first child, my daughter, and that Ninja Turtles had gone to series. So I'll never forget the date. It was very exciting. I mean, that's a twofer, a daughter and a show. <laughs> it's a good a little good luck charm all wrapped up in one, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. How, how old were they when they realized like, oh shit, mom is April O'Neil or this cartoon that's going around. When did that like realization for them come around? College age. Really? <laughs> Man. Well, because my kids were, they were just too young to mm -hmm. really get into Ninja Turtles. I mean, they, uh, we had a birthday party, a Ninja Turtle birthday party for our daughter. Um, it was so funny. The guy came as Michelangelo and she shared the party with a little boy who she was um, in preschool with. And when he got to um, the house and he found out who I was, um, he freaked out. He literally freaked out. He couldn't, he couldn't even talk. In fact, he, he got, he said, okay, okay, everybody, everybody sit in a circle until I can think of something to do. And so I'm like, okay. So I went into his bag of tricks and I got on a parachute and I said, okay, everybody, we're going to do the parachute, right, Michelangelo? Yeah, we're going to do the parachute. Um, so they, they knew that they knew about turtles. They weren't really into turtles. My son was more into Pokemon, which came mm -hmm. later. Yeah. And it actually wasn't until college that my daughter really played the April card because all the guys <laughs> were, you know, especially those who had had um, bigger, older brothers, mm -hmm. were they freaked out. And she said, my mom's April O'Neil. It, it got her, it got her some nice dates. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all about who you know, right? And if right. your mom is April O'Neil or if your dad is Raphael, because I talked to Rob Paulson and Pat Fraley not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm sad and I'm glad I did the interview with Rob on the phone because I am, especially in my older age, I'm only 31, but I've, I've noticed that I've gotten a little bit more sensitive um, as, as I've gotten older. Not so much that people say something and hurt my feelings, but when I talk to when I talk to somebody like you, like Rob, like Pat, and they do just one voice that I grew up with, it transports me back to me being 10, 11 or 12 years old. And then me, I, I'm like I said, I'm so glad I was on the phone because he probably never would have talked to me again. I'm sitting here. I got tears coming down my face. I'm so I was so elated. It was just so fun. Um, you know that that's not unusual. Um, we've been so lucky that Comic-Cons have come around. You know, when we first started out, nobody knew who we were, yeah. which in a way was a good thing because the turtles were so popular that if had we had been live action and not animation, I don't think any of us could have gone out. Yeah. 
Um, I was in the park with my daughter. She was about two. She was in a stroller. And I looked around and every kid had on a Ninja Turtle hat, Ninja Turtle t-shirt, Ninja Turtle socks, Ninja Turtle shoes. Really, I would have been mobbed if they knew who I was. So, um, so that was kind of good in a way. And now, though, that there's Comic-Cons, we get to meet you know, you and yeah. the, and the kids who now the fathers are and the mothers are showing them our show. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they get them on YouTube or, or they de- get the DVD set yeah. and they can sit and share a really favorite childhood experience with their own kids. And we have people come up to us. They can hardly speak mm-hmm. shaking and they hand me a picture. And what's, it's okay. I'm just a person. I'm excited you're here. It's okay. They, they can hardly talk. And it's so sweet. And we really had no idea the, um, the effect that the show and we as voiceover actors had on, on so many people. In, 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 in fact, we've been told we've saved their lives. Yeah. Um, nobody had a clue that Ninja Turtles would be so profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just an honor and we're so lucky and we're so appreciative of you guys. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just as much an honor for me to meet you as it is, uh, I guess it's an honor for you to meet me. Oh, oh it's a hundred percent. Really, we're, we're all in it together. You know, we're all in this, sh- COVID stuff together, but we're all in, we're all in this, uh, this world where it was good and the, and the friendships and the camaraderie and the humor and um, all of that just means so much. And I don't know if you see that so much on television these days. No, I mean, everybody's, it's always on to the next one. At least that's the way it's like with sports, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan. And very rarely, go Lakers. Oh, I'm a Magic guy, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. I, I bleed. We're all champions. <laughs> yeah, I, we we it's had kings. we had two chances to get a title. The first one in '95, we lost to the Rockets, and then in 2009, Kobe and the Lakers beat the piss out of us and took any chance of us having a title opportunity away. Um, but it's neither here nor there. But the whole reason I brought that up was. You never see too many people where they're sticking it out with their pals. It's always, let's go to another team. Let's build this. Let's build that. And very rarely do you guys see, because, I mean, you said it was picked up. Or when did you guys shoot 86, right, I think? Or 86 or we early? We started 80? in 86. In 87, we got picked up. No, no. We started in 87 and 80, 88. Mm-hmm. 87. Oh, I, I know 87 know. is when it hit in Christmas time. I just don't remember when you guys so 87, started shooting. 87 was the uh, initial five-part mm-hmm. miniseries. 88, we went to series. And we went and we worked for nine years. We did nine years of recording for that show. Who Now, I'm going to ask you this question. It's not meant to like pick at anybody. But who made you laugh more? in that studio because I, I gotta assume it's 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 not so much like it is now where you guys can just set up a microphone and then record some stuff at home or somewhere else um yeah when i was talking to rob and pat it was like you guys were all generally in the same room where you guys were feeding off of each other yes who made you got who made you personally laugh more than any other person you work with during this the turtles that's a really difficult question because that what you said is a fact they played off each other mm-hmm. and one would say something and we'd be on the floor and then somebody else would chime in and Pat's hysterical in his, you know, on his little corner of the page. And um, uh, Rob is really so smart and well, they all are, you know, um, I think Rob had more of an ability because he was kind of the zinger guy yeah. and he really, you know, he really is an expert at that, but um, there were times they had to stop recording many times. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, come on back to the recording studio. We would. Ju- I I always describe it as um, 
you know, the adult in the room is the director and <laughs> the rest of us are children. And the adult says, okay, you're going to get in this room and it's going to be a sandbox and you have to play nice and you can't throw the sand. Okay. And then she goes behind the glass and then we'd start throwing sand. It's, there were days when I had to go home and like put ice packs on my face because I was <laughs> laughing so hard. The, I think that the beauty of Ninja Turtles was really uh, the heart and soul were the, the actors. Um, they brought those characters off the page until this cast took those characters and made them who they were. They were just two dimensional. Mm -hmm. I know they were, you know, comics and they were kind of, you know, dark and, but they really gave them the personality that, that really, um, they, they made their stamp on these characters yeah. and the, and the, the, the brilliance of the ad libs and how they got into the script mm -hmm. and with the, with the foundation of all the phenomenal, um, comedians from, you know, the beginning of the, of, of movies and television um, they brought that into into the script. There were so many times they'll like every season they would come back and say, "Okay, this time we're going to do it serious. It's going to be dark," and everybody's looking at each other like, "Yeah, right." So the first couple of episodes of every season, you might see it a little dark, mm -hmm. but not too long after we started throwing the sand again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's no reason for it to be dark. I think that Kevin and want, you know, I think they wanted it kind of like the original um, comic books, that dark kind of thing. There's enough darkness in children's lives. Yeah. You know, uh, this was this was really magic from the yeah. actors, from, now, straight from straight from the the heart and soul of the actors. You guys definitely. It was it was interesting because my initial introduction to the turtles wasn't the cartoon it wasn't the comic it was me at five years old and then I had two VHSs that I burnt out completely um, and it was that first Ninja Turtle movie from the 90s um, and I burnt that VHS out three times and the <laughs> other one and I brought the story up a couple times so guys if you're listening I hope you're listening don't be mad right so the other one was Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels that was the movie my mom would never buy again I asked for it and asked for it and she was so <laughs> tired of hearing the most annoying sound in the world and she never bought it for me again um but that was the, my initial you know initial introduction into yeah. the universe right so because you're you're 30 you're 31 yeah so yeah. you're a little you were you're in that a little young for the original show when it was yeah. playing you were a little young for that just but a little just a little you, bit but you, every party i had i had uh, some pictures around here somewhere i, I meant to bring them out I, I like to show you guys that worked on the show but i was decked out you know shirt shorts i had a little ninja turtle hat uh, i had ninja turtles in each hand i was just going through uh just going through the house playing with them um but it, it's crazy you guys said or you said that you know, we really put a stamp. We really put the emphasis. We really started the ball where Kevin and Peter started. You guys took it and sports analogy, whatever. They threw a Hail Mary. You guys caught it and just ran with it the entire way. And it was interesting seeing you guys' spin vice the 90s spin um, when they did that live action movie. Were any of you guys approached to, you know, make a cameo or you see it today's world where they'll bring in somebody from the 90s to put them on 2012 like you guys did. A lot of you guys did. Um, did they ever approach you guys at all? No, oh. they didn't. They didn't. I don't know why. You know, I I have to say I enjoyed the movies, mm -hmm. but I couldn't tell one turtle from another in terms of the voices. They all sounded like a Michelangelo to me. They yeah. all had kind of a party dude kind of, kind of thing. Um, so other than the bandana, it was pretty, and the, and the weapons, it was pretty hard for me to, if I closed my eyes, I wouldn't know who, who was talking, which yeah. character was talking. Um, you know, Michael Bay did a beautiful job and um, every iteration only makes the franchise stronger yeah. and brings it up again and makes people excited. And there's something for everyone. You know, not everybody loves our first show, 
Some people prefer the Nickelodeon. Some people prefer the movies. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, I don't care. Just love turtles. That's all. I mean, that, that sounds like we should. Now, hopefully this thing hits real big and I can start making t-shirts because the first one I want to make is just love turtles. And then you got all four of the guys just sitting there hanging around. That's a fantastic t-shirt. Um, you brought up weapons. And when you said it was playing, you guys had to play nice. You guys couldn't throw the sand. I, I'd like to think somebody brought in nunchucks at least once. Um, and somebody was doing nunchucks. Did any of that ever happen? Anything crazy like that? Sorry. No. no. <laughs> no. Nobody did. They would have hurt themselves. I mean, that, that is some behind-the-scenes stuff you want to see is just Rob or Pat throwing around nunchucks or somebody popping out very no. up in a bow staff. The, you know? the weapons that they threw around were the verbal, were yeah. the verbal weapons, <laughs> the zingers. Yeah. Who, who do you think got the better of everybody more? Was it Rob still because he was just so quick-witted and quick on his feet or, you know? Every, no, really, I... You know, some people ask me, who was your favorite turtle? Mm -hmm. And I could never answer that question because I love each of those characters yeah. and I love each of those men. They all bring um, such different ways of looking at things. Barry's more serious. It was interesting mm -hmm. that he played Donatello. Um, Rob, Cam, and Townie are uh, quick-witted and, and uh, uh, just generous and kind and um, asking me questions of who is better or who is this or who is that, you're never going to get a, a straight answer <laughs> from me because the truth is they all have, are multifaceted, multi-talented, gracious, generous. Um, uh, I couldn't say one's more talented than next. Yeah. Some had more opportunities than others in doing other characters. They all they can all do it all. Yeah. They are quite brilliant. I mean, that they are. You guys did something that nobody thought would work, right? When you think of, I mean, your agent couldn't even, ah, it was Turtles, right? And now, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are just as recognizable as Batman, Coca-Cola, yeah. Michael Jordan, insert any crazy big name. I mean, they're a pop culture and just a world phenomenon. Yeah. Did you, obviously, nobody thought it was going to get this big. I mean, do you think it still has room to grow and get even bigger? Or do you think it's pretty much as big as it could possibly get? Well, there's always um, new technology, mm -hmm. so it can look different. But if the creators of whoever's taking on the next iteration truly understand the magic of Ninja Turtles, it will go on forever. And the magic's the secret sauce. It's the relationships, it's the camaraderie, it's the friendship, it's the loyalty, it's the honor. Um, it's the life lessons. Mm -hmm. In, and today we need them more than ever. Um, kindness, uh, there for somebody, sacrifice yourself for somebody else's welfare. Mm -hmm. um, accepting people for what they are, who they are. Um, I think that it, these characters will always be a bedrock for good and for virtue and for honor if they use those characters in that way. You know, you can always, there's plenty of characters that can um, be evil and, and do all kinds of other things, but the turtles have something really magical and special. And you know, you, you learn that when people come up to you and say, like I said, if not for Ninja Turtles, I don't know if I'd be here. Um, I was bullied as a child. I would, I was, you know, I, I had, I was shy. I was, there's so many things yeah. that they'll say and they say the turtles got me through. So there's something magic about that combination of personalities and that they're turtles and then they're mutants. You know, we're all strange. Okay. We're all, and you know, everybody thinks, Oh, I'm, I'm the weird one, you know? No, we're all weird. Um, we're all insecure. And you always think you, you might look at Rob Paulson and say, Oh my God, he's got it. He's got it all. You know? No, read his book, Vi voice lessons. It's amazing. Fantastic and you, I, I was weeping through the whole thing. And I was thinking, oh my God, you felt that way? 
the great Rob Paulson felt that way. Yeah. You know, we're all just humans trying to get along and, and I, I don't know, I, may, I lost my train of thought, but oh. this is a really special franchise. And, and yes, I think it'll go on and on as long as they use it properly and, and keep that core. Um, kids need it, people need it. They need superheroes and that, I, are, that are like that. I for sure need more money, or not more money. I for sure need more turtles to Does spend it. my money on, right? So <laughs> I to keep going for as long as possible. Hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this episode because I told her, I told everybody I want to spend more money on turtles. She'd probably come in and slap me a couple of times, but. Uh, <laughs> I think I love your wife. I'm very, uh, that she married you and you're a turtle guy and you collect, you know, I mean, she's good. You're lucky. Well, it was, it was cool because before any of this, before the turtles really, uh, I was super afraid of needles. Right. And the first tattoo I ever wanted to get. Uh, was a turtle. Sadly, it wasn't the first tattoo I got. I got the Iron Giant, which was another one of my favorite. Oh, movies. I love that show. It is. It is one of. I think, in my opinion, it is the best animated movie of all time. That's just me. Oh, well, um, I might differ with you. Okay, what's yours? Up. Uh, oh man, that's. See, but here's where I here's where I disagree just a little bit. I would put that in the CGI category versus the traditional two dimensional flat old school uh, animation. Um, I'm talking about the story. It is a beautiful story. And that was probably the first movie where I started to notice, man, age really is brought down temper and it's really brought up sensitivity. And I'm like, ah, oh, that scene where it's him going through and then they start out as a young couple. And yes. Get to it and they start getting older and older and older. And then you start seeing not only the leaves change, but their hair change, their body yes. change, start yeah. slumping. And then you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, how is this movie getting me this? And this is the first three minutes of this movie. Yes. Um, that's another movie that is so fantastically done. And I don't want to say it's underrated because I know a lot of people talk about it, but it's one of those movies, boys and girls, if you've not seen Up, please go watch this movie. It'll make you cry at least twice. Um, and Iron Giant too. Yeah. Beautiful movie, beautifully animated. Story is magnificent. Made me cry. Wonderful movie. I mean, when he, when he, pulls it off and he said Superman and then he was going up to save them from the missile strike. I'm like, oh man, how is an animated robot hitting me in the feelings this hard? It was just when it's done right, it yeah. is well, you can tell. When it's done horribly, you can always tell. But when it's done right, there's something about that magic you guys were talking about. When you guys are connecting um, in that studio, in that room, it's, it's done perfectly. Um, one guy I do want to talk about and bring up is somebody's not here anymore. And it's so sad because he was such a huge part, not just because of what he did to Shredder and James Avery, what he did in one of my favorite shows of all time, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is Uncle Phil. Um, mm -hmm. You got any stories about uh, your interactions with James Avery? Oh, sure. So um, I'm four foot 10 and <laughs> James was about 12 feet tall yeah. and, and as big yeah. <laughs> sideways yeah. big guy and um there's a fly in here great you know flies are making appearances these days <laughs> fabulous um so james was the kindest sweetest guy and whenever i would come into the studio he would pick me up and my, I'd be like five feet off the ground and my little feet would go like this. And he'd just give me this big bear hug and a laugh, like all outdoors. Um, another funny thing about James is he never wore shoes. Really? Really. He came like, in barefoot. Barefoot, huh? Barefoot. Obviously, he had to put shoes on when he became Uncle Phil. Yeah. But in, in our studio, he was barefoot. Um, and he was fun and... Um, and just so talented and so kind. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know when we were working with him really who he was. Um, James was a classically trained actor, uh, Shakespearean. He, he was also very involved in the civil rights movement um, and um, just a, uh, I understand from from uh, Will Smith and mm -hmm. you know, a big-hearted, kind, uh, very grounded, uh, upstanding kind of guy, um, solid guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, it was a shame that he had to leave, you know, because he was great as Shredder. Um, but boy, did he go on and not just become a big star, but did a lot of good in the world, um, not just for himself, but for many others. And um, we did a documentary a number of years ago, and James was on that documentary. And so that was the last time we all saw him. Um, and again, kind, sweet, jovial, uh, just a doll, down to earth. By that time, he was a big star. Um, you know, enjoy being with him. And uh, it was great. Just great. Yeah, he, uh, sidebar for just a second. He, they had an episode. I don't know if you ever watched too much of The Fresh Prince, but it was the episode where Will's dad was coming back into the picture. Uh, and me growing up, my dad wasn't around. My mom worked two jobs most of our lives when we were younger because there was five of us generally, anywhere from four to five of us in the house, depending on what year it was and how old my brothers and sisters were. Um, so when you see or hear somebody, because I heard him on Shredder, but at that, at that young of an age, I'm like, that sounds like Uncle Phil, but it doesn't sound like Uncle Phil, if that makes any sense. And then you see him go through these, these ups and downs, not only of a character or a person, but just in his acting, these ups and downs where he could play the comedic, lovable goof, right? And mm-hmm. then he's hard-nosed judge. And then he is the father figure that every man, at least in, in my eyes, like I always strive, like what would Uncle Phil do? Mm-hmm. Um, what would he say? And it was just, it's one of those guys that's like, there's so many people here that don't deserve to be on this planet. They weren't meant for this planet. They weren't a kind person. They weren't a good person. And I don't mean that to be, you know, dismissive or an asshole really, but it's just, it's, there's so many good people gone way, way too early. And, you know, him just seeing some of the, 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 the life lessons, I guess he would put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those things that I could hold on to, it was always fantastic. And I always like, I always like asking you guys about some of the guys that sadly aren't here anymore. But thank you for sharing. I never would have guessed him not wearing shoes. That's never wore shoes and those those feet needed a pedicure. (laughs) (laughs) How sick and tired did you guys get of pizza? Did you guys eat pizza a lot in the studio or no? No, they never fed us. I think they brought us vegetables and dip. I don't know. They're very cheap. think you'd want to keep the guys that are eating pizza on tv i don't know about you but every time i see the ninja turtles the first thing i think of like why didn't i order pizza now right why didn't i do this why didn't i think ahead i just put this movie on i really want pizza and you would think like at least pizza bites or pizza bagels or somebody would order pizza but that's a no-go i think once in a while they brought in pizza but um it was amazing they were making a whole lot of money oh yeah (laughs) A whole lot of money, and they really didn't treat us very nicely. I mean, honestly, okay, you know, like, um, yeah. I mean, there were times like um, I'm sure maybe you know the story. Um, Rob was asked by the production company to go to Las Vegas and represent the turtles and meet kids and sign autographs, and um, day came and he was going to go but they scheduled a recording um, schedule on that day. Mm -hmm. And he said, Hey guys, you know, you asked me to go to Las Vegas. I I can't make it. And they told him, if you don't cancel your trip to Vegas and do the recording, um, maybe we don't need you at all. Wow. I've never heard that story. Yeah. Ask Rob. And um he felt very obligated to go. There were people waiting for him. It had been advertised for him to cancel. And here it was the production company asking for him to go. And um, yeah, he went and they, you know, there's episodes where Rob was replaced and, you know, there's, there was no reason for it. I think it had to do with money. They didn't want to record separately. You know, now everybody records separately, but they didn't want to spend more time in the studio and pick it up yeah. um so, and it was there was no reason for that i yeah. don't know why they did that well i mean i don't i, I don't understand like rob aside i wouldn't treat any of the guys that are you never want to cook 
the guy that or cook the goose is laying the golden egg type of thing. They didn't feel that way about us. They said we were replaceable. In fact, um, uh, I was told in no uncertain terms that if I couldn't make a recording session, I could be replaced. So I told my agent, you know, this is a sure thing. This is a good gig. Um, they just told me I can be easily replaced. So please don't send me out on anything that's going to interfere with recording turtles. So um, at the end of the nine years, um, yes, I was April O'Neill, but my career suffered because I couldn't go out and, and do those other things because I was concerned that they would replace me. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what happened. Game on you guys, first off. <laughs> Second off, was there anything when, when I think of like dream roles, at least for me, like I, my voice is annoying. So voice acting is completely out of the, out of the, out of the, out of the ballpark for me. Um, but like, if I were to think when I was a little kid, man, I would love to play one of the turtles. I would love to play Batman. I would love to play insert favorite character here. Right. What were some of those characters that you really wanted to play that you might've not, you know, you got passed over for, or you couldn't do it because of your turtle schedule. Was there anybody in particular that you really wanted to play? Oh, that's a good question. You know, it was a while ago. Um, you know, I would have loved to have done Disney. Yeah. I would have loved to have done any Disney. I would have loved to have, um, there were, there were a lot of shows going on, but I didn't even audition for them because I was afraid that if I got it and then the recording was at the same time, I, what, what was I, what was I going to do? Yeah. So, um, no, you know, it's more for me, it's more about, uh, I'm a, I'm a real theater person. Mm -hmm. So, um, roles I would have loved to have played on stage, things like that, um, are things that I really think about, oh, gee, I really would have loved to have done that. Or I'm so glad I got to do yeah. Liza and my fair lady or, you know, Molly Brown or things like that. But, um, you know, I'm a very forward thinking person. So I don't really look back and say, I wish I would have, or, um, you know, I missed out on this or that. I, it's okay. It, you know, like, what's like supposed that. to happen happens. I like that way of you thinking like that because me, I'm the complete opposite. I'm holding the piece of paper that, oh, this guy said that this, 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 or this guy said this, that there, I'm gonna hold that piece of paper so I can show it to them when I've done what they said I couldn't do. And I do it and I'm like, I told you this is gonna happen. Well, that's another story. You know, somebody tells me you can't do something. That's the first thing I'm gonna do. Yeah. You know, except when it comes to not doing April O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up Disney just a second ago. What's your favorite? Now, I always break them down. So we'll go classic Disney movie. So like, let's say up into Aladdin or Lion King is classic. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your favorite? So many. So I started my career with Disney movies, mm -hmm. not my professional career, but learning how to do voices. Yeah. Um, there are, in fact, I still have them. I found all the recordings that I have. They used to do LPs. And a lot of people are into LPs again yeah. of the movies. And so um, I had an entire collection of all of the Disney movies um, from Snow White and Pinocchio and Sleeping Beauty and all the way through. Um, I had a collection of all the Alvin and the Chipmunk oh. uh, albums. Um, uh, fairy tale, different, all kinds of children's albums. Mm -hmm. And, and I mimicked them. I used to line up my stuffed animals on the couch in the basement. <laughs> and, um, and then I turn on the record and after a while, I'd turn off the record and do all the voices. So my mom found me in the basement once, uh, one day and thought there were people down there with me, but it was just me. <laughs> So um, I kind of got into voiceover by mimicking all of those shows. So what's my favorite animated movie uh, of Disney? Um, well, certainly Beauty and the Beast is mm -hmm. gorgeous. Um, love that and the music um, yeah. and, and Little Mermaid and, um, and then all the phenomenal old classics, you know, the Snow White's fantastic. Loved, 
love the voices, love the animation and, and the water in Pinocchio. Oh my God, that's a character in and of itself. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So um, every single one, every single one, magnificent pieces of art and inspiration inspired me in the voiceover business. So the one, the one that stuck out for me as far as classic goes, and I actually named my first dog that I ever bought, or I re- we rescued him. So I don't know if it's buying or rescuing because he was from the Humane Society as a pit bull. And uh, I named him Louie after King Louie from sure. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Yeah, it's one of, I don't know what it was. About Jungle that. Book. It's, it's that one. And then it's not so much Dumbo as it is the scene where they're giving Dumbo a bath and all the all the bubbles are, you know, going all over the place and they're turning. It's just something about that style or that old school animation that absolutely is, no matter how old I am, no matter how, whatever I forget, I will never forget the bubbles and that big old orangutan named King Louie. Oh Uh, yeah. Amazing. I love, I love them all. You can just list them and they're like my childhood. What did you start mimicking first? Like, what was that first initial inspiration or that, oh man, I think I could do this. What was that first movie or clip that you started to, you know, reenact? It, it was, um, I think Wizard of Oz has to be the first. And it wasn't, oh, I can do that. I just did it. Yeah. I didn't think, oh, this is a career. I just, I was in the basement and I was lonely, <laughs> you know? So I, I just... I, I happen to have a four and a half octave vocal range. I'm a trained opera singer. Okay. And so I could do high little voices and mid range and lower. And I could, I could mimic, I could, you know, copy those voices. Yeah. Um, and, and just sitting there and listening to them over and over again and using the, your imagination and having one character talk to the other Um because I played those records like for hours all day in the summer or after school, I couldn't tell you one was more influential than, than another. They all, they were all great. Yeah. Now, have you went back and started listening to yourself? Those initial first recordings that you used to do back in the day when you were practicing, have you listened to it? Yeah. What do you think? Honestly, what do you think when you hear yourself? from back then you'd like, ah, I wish I would have did this differently. Or how, how do you look at it? Oh, I thought I did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> for me, like I always look at something and I don't know what it is about my brain. All right. So I cook for a living and I always think of somebody who's like, oh, this is the greatest dish I've ever had. Or, oh man, this was so fantastic. When they tell me that I'm like, oh, okay. I'm thinking in my head, I appreciate them. Um, but I'm thinking there's six or seven things that could have went on this plate or could have went into the sauce or could have went into the stock that would have made it so much better. I like that you like it, but I know I could have done better. Um, and mm-hmm. that's just always the way I have always looked at stuff and always like seeing what everybody else's process is. Whenever they see something or hear something that they used to do or that they did a long time ago and how far they've come and evolved in their career. I always like seeing you guys as either how you break it down or what you think about your original career or the beginning of your career, sorry. So. Um, but that, that's why I like asking that type of question. So we're getting towards the end of the time. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, but there is a couple questions I do like to end with. Um, one of them, you know, especially today, you, you're starting to see more female-driven movies, more female-led cartoons and what have you, just across the gamut, right? So we're starting to see that big push now. What was it like being the original female pioneer, especially for me in the animation world? What's it like having these little girls look up to you? What, what is that feeling like? Or what, is, what thoughts come to your mind when you see or think about that? Well, until Ninja Turtles, I had only played little pixies and creatures. Mm-hmm. So it was really refreshing to play a human being. Um, I had no idea the influence that she had. I mean, I knew that she was different than all of the other characters, but... Um, it just didn't hit me until years later when I started doing comic cons and young women would come up to me and say, you have no idea the influence your character had on me. I was living in a community or in a house where it was very difficult, um, a community that didn't expect women to do anything um, out of the ordinary. Um, I joined the military I went, I got my degree. No one expected me to go to college. Um, it was because of April O'Neil yeah. 
you know, I had these older brothers and they were playing turtles and I was always April. And it was because of that character that I found the strength and the, and the inspiration to do something other than what, than what was expected. I have a lot of women in the military who come up to me and say, um, if not for April O'Neil, I wouldn't be doing this. And um, makes me so proud. Yeah. I mean, just so proud that what, that's amazing to be able yeah. to have that kind of influence on young women. Really, really amazing. I mean, now is the perfect time for movies and cartoons. And it's so nice and it's so refreshing. I've said this in many, in many podcasts so far, but there's always a uh, room at the table to eat, man. You just got to make a little bit of room for somebody else to sit at the table. And that's right. How you think completely different. We might look at the same, we might look at the same Ninja Turtle, right? You might see one thing and I might see something completely else. But mm -hmm. until we start giving those voices to people like you, to females, to minorities, or people that are under, um, I can't think of the word, um, underrepresented. Underrepresented. Yes, yeah. under, underrepresented. You start seeing these things like Black Panther, the movie, Rest in Peace, Chadwick Boseman, Wakanda Forever. And then you start seeing things like Jordan Peele and Us and Get Out. You start seeing all these different perspectives. And now more than ever is the greatest time Barring 87 cartoon TMT, now is the greatest time for movies and cartoons of all different, you know, walks of life, right? So it's mm -hmm. so fantastic. And I love hearing stories about how you, you played this character, right? And I don't mean to diminish you at all. It's not, it's not what I mean. But you played a character on TV. And somehow a little girl saw that and thought, holy shit. I can do anything because April O'Neil is down here kicking ass with these four turtles. There's this dude dressed in purple with cheese graters for hands. And then they <laughs> win every single time, man. I can't imagine the adulation that you feel. Um, but I can only hope that somebody seeing this cartoon, it, it continues, it progresses, it gets better, it gets easier. And we start seeing those more voices and we start hearing from different people, you know, um, at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, you've, you know, you've taken your mic and you've pushed it up for the last time. When you hear the words, April O'Neil, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what's the first thought that goes through your mind? Inspirational. Life-changing. For me, for our guys that were in the cast, but more importantly for the people who discovered us and loved us and found the strength to go on when life was really difficult. And that I think is the most amazing thing. I cannot tell you that any other character that I played had that kind of effect on the, on the world, on, the, on people mm -hmm. and um, how lucky am i yeah well i mean you you think you're lucky but we are the lucky ones you guys really are doing the lord's work with this court cartoon excuse me you guys did and it expired an entire not an entire generation an entire population of people um this is a this is a franchise that in my opinion will never die it'll never go away turtles for life um is there anything that you would like to say? You know, are you promoting anything? You got a book, you got a new TV show, anything you can talk about? Or where can people find you to find out more about Renee? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Um, well, you can look at my Facebook page, which is easy, Renee Jacobs. Um, my Instagram is Renee, R-E-N-A-E underscore L underscore Jacobs. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other things I'm very proud of, obviously, are my phenomenal children who are just amazing. And I've been married for over 34 years to an amazing man. We have an amazing partnership. Um, I do believe that education is the most important thing you can give someone. No one can ever take that away from you. And it's only through education, I think we're going to learn to appreciate each other's differences and celebrate each other's commonalities. So I do a lot of fundraising for the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, which is a world-renowned university in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. uh, 25,000 students 
where Jews, Christians, and Muslims study together in peace. And they are working right now on trying to find the cure for COVID-19 mm. and future viruses, among many, many other things in this world. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's, those are my passions, my family, um, education, um, travel. Yeah. But um, I'm very, I'm a very lucky person. Um, I'm very fortunate. And, um, and I appreciate all of the fans. You mean so much to all of us. Um, it's, it's an honor for me to talk with you. And, um, and just thank you so much for, um, for being there for us too. You know, I really Great. appreciate it. Like I said, uh, this has been a complete honor and a pleasure. Um, I hope to have you back on sometime down the road, sometime in the Absolutely. near future. Absolutely. We uh, hope to be back on Comic-Con uh, tour. Oh, we, have I, one, I, we have one in Las Vegas in March, all of us. Okay. Um, I'll post about it if it's actually going to happen. Um, we'll see. We'll just have to see. I want Comic-Con uh, to come back. And anytime, I always, I always put this offer out there. Anytime, any of you guys, not any of you listeners, because there's some weird people out here, but anytime these, I talk to these guests, <laughs> if you guys are ever in the Orlando area and you want to have the greatest meal you'll ever have in your life. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in Orlando with Fanboy. I really hope it happens because this year sucked with conventions all being canceled. So much stuff lined up. So much it stuff. Really did. Um, I can't really wait did. to start getting back out there. But thank you. you. Well, are you in Orlando? Uh, well, I'm in a little place called Deltona that everybody mixes with Daytona. Oh. So okay. I'm about 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from Orlando. Orlando's the biggest hub for where I'm at. Um, okay. So it's not too, too far. But like I said, anytime you guys in Orlando, you guys want to have the greatest meal you'll ever have in your life. Just let me know. I'll make sure I clear my entire schedule and you guys will eat. You guys will eat better and not because <laughs> they didn't feed you in these studios. You guys will eat better than you've ever had at any kind of catering event, any kind of event at all. You guys oh, are all you're so world. kind. Thank you. And we will meet you in Orlando. Okay. Oh, it's it. a deal. Thank you. Well, this has been the what's in my head podcast. That is Renee. I'm Julian. We're all out of time. Please come back. Please subscribe. Thank you again, Renee. You guys have a great time. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. Bye-bye. Oh, how about we do a turtle power? Turtle power. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. I appreciate it. You have a great night. Thank you. This is April O'Neill, Channel 6 News. Bye-bye. <laughs> have a good night. You too. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.